Hey guys, Joel here. Just a quick reminder, don't forget to vote for us in the 2012 Podcast Awards. We're nominated in the Best Movie category. You can vote once a day, every day, until November 15th. Thanks. The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to episode 94 of Yeah, It's That Bad. My name is Joel. And I'm Martin. This is a show that looks at supposedly bad movies and asks the question, is it really that bad? And what that boils down to is that we look at movies that are raw and raw tomatoes and reevaluate that score. Does it really deserve to be that low? Tonight's movie is 2003's SWAT, directed by Clark Johnson, starring Samuel L. Jackson, Colin Farrell, Michelle Rodriguez, LL Cool J, Brian Van Holt, Josh Charles, Olivier Martinez, and Jeremy Renner. SWAT is a 2003 action crime thriller film and is based on the 1975 television series of the same name. This film currently holds a 48% on Rotten Tomatoes. How about a plot synopsis? The Special Weapons and Tactical Division of the Los Angeles PD is the most honored and respected unit in the entire world. When two cops, Officers Jim Street and Brian Gamble, foil a bank robbery hold up by shooting a female hostage, the two are kicked off of SWAT. <laughs> Stashing them into the gun cage, six months later, Street's ex friend Gamble is gone, and so is his future until one day, a cop arrives to give Street a second chance at redemption and putting him back on SWAT. The man is veteran Hondo Dan Harrelson, an old school boss cop who thinks second chances are just A-okay. Now, Hondo, Street, and the new SWAT team consisting of Michael Boxer, TJ McCabe, Deacon DK, and a female cop, Christina Chris Sanchez, has a big mission, escorting Alex Montel, an international fugitive and serial killer, to a federal prison in the California desert. The problems get in the way along the way, including two fake cops breaking the detainee out, offering $100 million on live TV to street gangs who can get Montel out, and worse, Gamble and McCabe getting him to safety. What? Can the SWAT <laughs> team take down Montel and can street finish the score with Gamble? Okay, so as you might have noticed, Kevin is not here. He's down in the deep, dirty South Jersey. Yeah, he's dealing with the aftermath of Hurricane Sandy. While listening to some tunes on Aftermath Records. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, seriously, he's down there helping his parents clean out their house because it got hit pretty hard. So in the future, we will get into the deep, dark, dirty secrets of what we had to do to survive Hurricane Sandy. Yeah, right now, in, in, in all seriousness, right now, still a lot of people are without of power, heat. There's some people that are even without food and water. If you can believe this, there's some people without podcasts. What? I know. It's unbelievable, right? I don't want to live in a world without podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> You can donate to podcasts by purchasing. Yeah, yeah it's that, that bad. bad. <laughs> it benefits all podcasts <laughs> worldwide. At yeah, it's that bad. Com. No, but seriously, there's like uh, a lot of stuff's going down here behind the scenes, but we'll talk about it later. Yeah, we have an after dark episode where yeah, we gotta wait till Kevin gets back. Yeah, where we will cover all the things that we've gone through in the past week or so. It's pretty intense. <laughs> In, <laughs> right, Rachel. It's like the fire at the circus. It's in a tent. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, good job. Right. Okay, SWAT. So this was sponsored by Cody. Cody writes in and says, "Hey, Joel, Martin, and Kevin, which is the order of your human centipede first sequence." When I heard that yes, that bad crew was accepting donations, I immediately grabbed my debit card, ran outside, attached my card to a rocket, and shot it off towards the yes, that bad satellite world headquarters. When my rocket crashed in my yard with my card and ashes. I learned that this was 
not the way to donate. So instead, I ran over to my computer, I went to facebook.com slash bad. From there, I unliked the page, then clicked the like button, then used the page to direct me to yesthatbad.com where I could push the donate button. I donated $101, $50 for a selfish movie choice, $50 for a choice to make Yes That Bad fans happy, and $1 to make me $1 better than anyone else who donated $100. The Yes That Bad fan choice will be coming in a couple of months, but I wanted my selfish choice first because, well, it is a selfish choice. So I have for you S period, W period, A period, T period, sometimes incorrectly known as SWAT. I love this movie and thought that it would be a fun movie to hear you guys talk about. It also includes the triumphant debuts of some big actors and some triumphant returns of others. This movie made me have a huge crush on Michelle Rodriguez, which is another reason why I will never watch Resident Evil because of the way you guys talk the bad about her. So I hope you have as much fun with it as I have. Joy. P.S. I would like to, I would like for you to give the first on-air mention to the Yeah It's That Bad quotes Twitter page I run. That would be greatly appreciated. And that's at Y-I-T-B quotes on Twitter. Okay, Martin Swat, what is your history with this? I remember the commercials for this movie and I remember thinking that I never wanted to see it and I have never seen it until now, but here I am. Yeah, me too. I never saw this movie. never want to see it. I put this movie right up there in the category with stealth. This might as well be stealth too, as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Okay, let's do it. We always do the top of the show. We'll discuss the actors one by one and we'll see how you thought they did. First up, Samuel L. Jackson. I'm always happy to get uh, Samuel L. in a movie. For the most part, whenever he's in a movie, you're going to get a solid performance, good acting, and I don't know, he's just, he just makes the movie a little bit better. Get a little Samuel L. in there. Yeah, he's a mellow cop in this movie, which is pretty interesting because I'm used to him being this uh, off-the-handle crazy guy. Like, I saw Lakeview Terrace, which is a movie where he's a cop and he's a jerk and all that stuff. So, it's kind of weird to see him being like a nice guy. Yeah, I'm used to him having like an abrasive like in your face or an eye patch yeah you better have an eye patch he's pretty rude and crude as nick fury though he's, right. not, he's not crude but he's rude okay next up colin farrell what's your favorite colin farrell movie oh daredevil without a doubt yeah starring colin farrell <laughs> guest starring <laughs> yeah no starring colin farrell guest starring ben affleck right i'm not sure if colin farrell has ever actually had a serious role in a movie i'm trying to think of a movie where he played like a dramatic role it's tough to say like wow his performance was amazing I really liked it I don't know for me I guess in Bruges he was dramatic in that yeah and uh I like phone booth yeah that's an oldie remember that one mm, I don't I'm not sure I I really enjoy Colin Farrell's acting I don't think it's really too great it's not terrible but I mean he, he was didn't... pretty good in the Fright Night remake I like that that was I mean, enjoyable he, I mean we can at least agree that he didn't do any acting in this movie he existed to spit out one-liners yeah he was a one-liner machine so I mean how was his acting in this movie he didn't really do any okay well what about his buddy, Michelle Rodriguez, the triumphant return. Old scowl face herself. She's looking pretty angry in this movie. She was being a hot shot, you know, I don't want to say bitch, but that's what she's typecasted as, right? Yeah, I remember hearing her say that she doesn't like the fact that she's always typecast in these bitchy roles. But if that's the case, that's a shame because I would hate to have to do the same thing over and over and over again. Is that, I mean, I wonder what she's like in real life. Is she like a mean person? Does she have like a, a negative disposition? Or well, no, that- she could be the nicest person in the world. We'll never know. All we ever see is her scowling and punching people. Right. That's unfortunate. Okay, next up. L. L. Cool 
Jay. Ladies love him, I hear. Yeah, mama said knock you out. You know what? This guy, he's got abs. I've never seen abs like this before. Ever. You're saying that he's giving Rocky from Rocky Horror a run for his money? Yeah, they built this guy in a lab. <laughs> Special ab works. Amazing. Hip-hop diet. Again, he really didn't have much acting in this movie. During the majority of the movie, they just spit out one-liners. That's all they do. He specifically says five lines in this movie, and every one of them is a one-liner. One in particular is really awful. You know, I think this guy could shine in a movie. Like He's like a Will Smith kind of guy almost. He is. You could put him in a movie, he could be a likable guy, but this is not the vehicle for LL Cool J. No, no. I mean, they just wanted to have some eye candy for the ladies. Yeah, yeah, a little mind candy. Whoa. For the guys. Yeah. It really makes you think. Alright. Well, these other people, I don't even want to talk about them, except for one other guy. This is the triumphant debut of Jeremy Renner. First time I ever saw this guy was in the Hurt Locker, so it's interesting to see that this guy was in this movie. I liked his performance in Hurt Locker. He reminds me of a uh, beefed up Topher Grace. That's pretty good. Yeah. But is he good in this? Did you see the potential in this guy when you saw him? You're like, man, that guy, I want him to be Hawkeye. Perfect. Oh, absolutely. I want him to be General <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, he didn't do any acting in this movie either. There was very little acting going on in this movie. There just wasn't room for it. There was no room between all the montages. <laughs> and the one-liners. And the one-liners. There's no room for actual acting. Oh, excuse me, sir. Uh, there isn't any plot or dialogue in this movie? There's not enough room. Yeah, yeah. We, we already packed it to the brim with one-liners <laughs> and montages. Okay, let's get into the brief history of SWAT. First sequence. Michael Bay, Tony Scott, John Woo, Antoine Fuqua, Rob Cohen, Joel Schumacher, and Michael Mann were all offered to direct the movie before Clark Johnson. They passed because they were all busy with other projects. Vin Diesel was offered the role of David Deke K, but passed because he was in production with the Chronicles of Riddick. Paul Walker was set to play Jim Street and had even started training for the part, but had to drop out due to filming on Too Fast, Too Furious. Mark Wahlberg was originally approached for the role of Jim Street. At one point during the early stages of development, Arnold Schwarzenegger was considered for the role of Dan Hondo Harrelson. The actors all received SWAT tactics, weapons, and live fire training for the film. There is a scene in which the team is watching an episode of the TV series SWAT. Steve Forrest, who plays Lieutenant Harrelson, is shown. The 6th Street Bridge had to be closed for filming, and the high-speed chase involving a stolen vehicle actually drove through as the cast was rehearsing the scene. At the time, the Learjet was parked on the bridge in such a way that there was barely just enough clearance for a mid-sized car to fit through, with a few inches of clearance on each side. At first, when the crew was told by security that a chase was headed their way, they thought it was a joke until they noticed LAPD and news helicopters above them. The crew tried to include the footage they got later from the choppers into the movie. Interesting thing about this movie, both The Italian Job and Hollywood Homicide were all filming in downtown LA at the same time that they made this one. A direct DVD sequel was released on March 1st, 2011 entitled SWAT Fight. According to Wikipedia, this film is going to be reviewed in episode 94 of the Yeah, It's That Bad podcast on November 6, 2012. Mark, can you confirm that? Yes, that is absolutely true. We are reviewing this movie. <laughs> Kudos to whoever snuck that into the SWAT Wikipedia page. How does it feel to be in an encyclopedia? I feel as if my life is finally complete, and I can finally prove to my parents that I'm not a complete failure, not a loser. My parents will never be satisfied. Yeah, nothing you can ever do will <laughs> impress them. Absolutely not. Yeah, well, the budget for this movie was $80 million. How much did it make worldwide? I don't know, 170 something $207 million. Okay, SWAT, take two. Action. 
action. <laughs> okay, so this movie opens up with a 9-11 phone call letting us know that there is a bank robbery in progress. I guess that this isn't really typical, yeah, it's that bad style opening for a movie, but I'm okay with it. Guess what? SWAT's gonna drive up. They're they're taking over this this police scene. They come up in their SWAT truck. It's pretty intense. And Colin Farrell is going to infiltrate the bank. Yeah, so Colin Farrell and uh, Jeremy Renner, they're up in the air ducts. They're hanging out. They're playing patty cake up there. Just, you know, bros, icing bros. Yeah, they're drinking Smirnoff. <laughs> they're going back and forth trying to get each other to drink as much Smirnoff ice as possible. Yeah, so they're up there palling around and they get a direct order from their boss. He specifically says, hey, Colin Farrell, Jeremy Renner, you specifically, I want you to hold. Don't go anywhere. Don't do anything. If you want to scratch your ass, you better get my permission first. Well, you know how that goes, Joel. If you hold it, you die. Yeah, that's exactly what he says. Like, well, we're busy holding. They're busy dying or some crap. That was uh, one-liner number one of the 10 trillion one-liners that are about to come out in this movie. So they decide to disobey a direct order and these two guys come barging into the crime scene. And what what happens? It it all works out well, right? Yeah, it works out great. Jeremy Renner shoots a hostage (laughs) and uh, nobody listens to anything. Everybody's panicking and uh, they all get in tons of trouble. It was totally worth it, right? Yeah, it makes sense. Lose your job. Shoot someone in the shoulder. Hey, man, we saved more lives than we heard out there. Oh, wow. I didn't know that they could see the future. Well, the... See see possible futures that didn't happen. Well, they're sitting there talking to each other and they're like, hey, man, you know we did the right thing out there to which their cocky boss says, sometimes doing the right thing isn't doing the right thing. What does that mean? I don't know. What? I I, I don't even know what that could mean. To this day, I'm still pondering it. Like, what, uh, should I help this old lady cross the street? I don't know. That might not be a good thing. Should I help wash and bathe the poor? Give them good tithings? Sometimes doing the right thing isn't doing doing the right right thing. thing. They're never going to learn to not be poor if you don't not help them. Okay. That makes about right. Teach a man to fish and bathe them for the rest of their lives. Sounds about right. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) Jeremy Renner flips out and he starts beating up his boss. It's, It's ridiculous. So... After that, Colin Farrell gets demoted, and she he has to work in the gun cage. He had to, he had to work doing gun kata in the gun cage. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Him and Christian Bale are in there dancing. <laughs> well, it makes, it really make, they make it seem as if being in the gun cage is the SWAT equivalent of like having to clean the toilets for the rest of your life. I guess. It looks like a fun place to work. Yeah, he was just hanging out. I mean, we meet Colin Farrell's other co-worker. He's like this guy who I swear was inserted into this story for the mere purpose of demonstrating product placement because the only things this guy talks about is food and drinks. After I watched this movie, I wanted to go get drunk and eat McDonald's. McDonald's have some Dr. Pepper, all the stuff that that guy's eating that the camera zooms in on. My wife doesn't want me to eat these, but whatever. I don't drink because I'm whatever and but I do, if I did, I'm like, <laughs> stop. Like, I don't... No, Confrell's like, you want a beer, bro? And he like... <laughs> So stupid. This guy sucks. Colin Farrell's life is in shambles because he's been demoted. I mean... His girlfriend leaves him. His girlfriend leaves him. He's got nothing going for his life. Yeah, so we get one of the hallmarks of SWAT. A montage. It's it's essentially a Rocky montage. He's working out on the beach. You know, his son's out, gun's out. He's got his German Shepherd, like that to rights. Yeah, he... But this, this scene is odd for me because it's a pretty stereotypical montage scene and I'm okay with it until he gets on top of a life 
lifeguard stand and pukes out this brown turd liquid that's like <laughs> just exploding out of his mouth. He's like, ah! that's part of his SWAT training. He has to eat diarrhea and then spit it, it out. It's also part of his human centipede training. <laughs> that's part of my human centipede training. That took me out of the scene a little bit and I just started laughing uncontrollably like I had eaten Joker fish. So you no longer feel for this guy's plight that he got kicked off the job and off the force? No, because in his apartment, he had a beautiful girlfriend. He had a nice apartment. He lives like on, on, the, the, beach. on the beach. Screw this guy. It- <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel about this person. We spent a lot of time with this girlfriend character. What's the point? She existed for no reason at all. I mean, you can make the point in The Expendables that Jason Statham had that girlfriend character to humanize him, but does that work in this movie with this character? No, because they didn't want a human. They wanted Top Gun SWAT. Yeah. Shooting out these, the, the hotshot dickhead of all the hotshot dickheads. And Pretty much. Spitting out one-liners one after another, which is what he did, so that that's okay. But, so, okay, I get a, I get a montage. I was okay with it. I didn't really realized that I was going to be getting a lot more montages than maybe I can handle, but whatever. So we're going to progress and he's going to have his first contact with Hondo. Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, he's brought in. sequence. <laughs> he's, he's brought in to whip up a new hot shot SWAT. <laughs> Yeah, Samuel Jackson, he's a old school SWAT guy. And I thought it was funny because they're, they're talking about like the Rampart division of the LAPD and that this guy was a member of it and all this stuff. I thought that was fun because like I said, in Lakeview Terrace, he played like a corrupt cop. And if you ever played Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, he played a corrupt LA cop that was exactly like this. So it just runs in this guy's blood to be a corrupt cop. LA cop. Yeah. It's part of the LAPD's rich... History. History. Corruption. <laughs> it's part of our rich history. He's going to put together a ragtag team of hotshot SWAT that's going to be better than anything else. Because after this initial scene that we get in the movie, that's a pretty big embarrassment towards the most prestigious institution in our country, LA SWAT. Okay, Martin. So in our illustrious career here at Yasset Bad World Headquarters, we've seen a ragtag team of of geologists, Mm. a ragtag team of climatologists, a ragtag team of uh, fighter pilots, ragtag team of ghostbusters, and even a ragtag team of space marines. Where does the SWAT team rank amongst our ragtag teams? This is unbelievable because it is the most ragtag team. Raggiest? (laughs) The raggiest of all the ragtag teams, I think. These guys... They don't belong together, right? That's how ragtag they are? These guys couldn't even sit in the room together for a second without punching each other in the face, but they're going to have to put aside their differences if they want to do the best they can to be the best LA SWAT team. So we get set up in this movie for what I believed was going to be the antagonist. I thought the bad guy was going to be this French new wave. Yeah, he's <laughs> he can't stop dancing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he loves, he's dressed like the Pesh mode. Oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, he can't. <laughs> no, this French mafia organized crime leader, he gets in but what's so odd about this character is the way he's introduced. He's coming into the LA LAX, and apparently he has a switchblade knife on him. How far after 9-11 is this? Two years. Okay, so if you bring a concealed weapon on a flight through the airport, what, what, what would happen to you? This guy better be thanking his lucky stars that he landed at LAX and not Newark International Airport because he wouldn't be walking out. No, they-, they Not probably... here, not in Jersey. Oh no, my friend. No one would ever see you again. Yeah, they would- m- I guess McCready would put one of his black bags over here. Yeah, you're done. You're going to disappear. (laughs) Just disappear.
disappear. And no one even noticed. Yeah, so he is introduced in the next scene by visiting his his uncle, who I was happy to see was a character from Borat. It was Borat's best friend who brings the bear with him. Yep, that guy. Yeah. He visits his uncle, takes that switchblade knife that he has, and slits his throat and says, you have your hands in my father's pocket, but not mine. Grabs his uncle's keys, and he goes for a little joyride. So we, we get introduced to an extremely pivotal character in this movie, Bridget the Midget. Yeah, she was really the catalyst for the plot of this story. This whole movie hinged upon Bridget the Midget, who was this small woman who was doing an interview or some kind of TV show or something outside of a club. She just happened to be standing on the exact same street corner where our French guy gets pulled over by the cops for having his taillight out. I guess it's supposed to show how wacky and crazy LA is. Give it up, LA. You're no New York. Right. I'm going to say this. I think that this woman existed because they were trying to hit every single minority that this movie possibly could. Like, what would you say the racism levels are in this movie? Through the roof. Michael Bay levels. They are. They're they're, they're Michael Bay levels of racism and sexism. Mm Yeah. I mean, even the plot synopsis that I read, there was, a se- there was it was rife with sexism. Yeah. It was, just couldn't, just couldn't even get away with it. Michelle Rodriguez, even a, a woman. woman cop. I'm Can like, you believe it? A woman cop. I'm no, like, I can't believe no, I it. I can't. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> so this guy gets pulled over. He had a uh, taillight out. It looks like he's got some warrants for his arrest for being an international crime syndicate leader, extorting billions and... <laughs> Yeah, it was, it, it was great. <laughs> he committed they, mass genocide. Yeah, yeah. It was like they caught Hitler. Hitler was on like vacation in LA and they caught him. <laughs> They're like, oh, we got him. Hitler had a taillight out. Yeah, so we get these long sequence of events of Samuel Jackson recruiting everybody, the ragtag team. And then after everybody's together, we get montage number two. Now, montage number two, I'd be okay with. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Every police, every military, Military, every helicopter scene where people are repelling down ropes. If it's a montage, Jimi Hendrix is playing. Yeah, so we get our second montage of the movie and normally I'd be okay with this montage. I mean, it makes sense for this one because these idiots have to learn how to be better SWAT team members, right? They're going to SWAT school. Right, because they have the, the raw ragtag talent of the best ragtag team. Exactly. So I understand this first montage, but they do something pretty interesting in this movie that I've never seen before. We have montage number two and then they cut to this pointless scene of them hanging out in a pool that has no water. They're all shirtless and grabbing each other's asses and doing this Throwing stupid tennis crap. balls around. Yeah, it's really dumb. And then immediately after that... Playing running bases. They have montage number three. How much time elapsed between the end of montage two and the beginning of montage? Five three? seconds? It, this, this this movie has done something I've never even imagined was possible. They, they, they transitioned from one montage into another montage. Amazing. Yeah, it was crazy. Was it confusing? Did you want to lump it together there's one giant montage. Yeah, I'm like, wait a minute. Are these two montages? But as far as I'm concerned, if the song changes, that's a different montage. Even Rocky IV couldn't pull this off, right? Yeah, no, no. Not even in the heady days of Rocky IV, which is 100% montages. <laughs> the entire movie's a montage. <laughs> yeah. They, they wouldn't dare put one montage directly into another montage. They wish they had that power. All right, so this is it. The SWAT team has their big break. They have their final exam. You know, they're taking the SATs, the CATs, the I was their owls. Yeah, they have to storm an airplane that's been captured by terrorists and rescue the people on board. Yeah, so they're underneath the plane. They're using blow torches and they're climbing in through. Do, do planes have that like crawl spaces? That's where the pilot keep their Christmas lights and stuff oh, during right. the off season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They keep their Christmas decorations down there. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so they're moving big cardboard boxes of fake Christmas trees over. And I guess there's photo albums, boxes of photo albums around there that the pilots keep and, and they get in. But unfortunately, one person perished during this plot, SWAT, SWAT plot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep going. SWAT plot line. <laughs> Yeah, they break in. Michelle Rodriguez is like the linchpin and they are able to storm the plane. Their jerk boss is stymied because he wanted them to fail, but they're just so good. They beat him. And yeah, blah, but Sandra blah, Lell, blah. he lets them know that they didn't they didn't pass his test. Yeah, one guy died. So, you know, that might be acceptable by department standards, but not by me. Who, but, who got shot? DK or... Who Rod- cares? But I tell you this, the team's a little sad because one of their team members was theoretically murdered during this fake scenario. But LL Cool J has the cure for the blues. Come on, guys. Let's party. He's going to tell a little story about uh, about how he once was a, was a chubster. He was he ate too much food, I guess. His father owns a restaurant. But now he eats right, he plays right, works out, and he lives healthy. And he's going to show you the proof of that pudding. Yeah, he rips his shirt off like Hulkamania. Woo! I, I couldn't get enough of this. This guy's abs were amazing. Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah, she was starting to sweat. Yeah, she was. She started taking her clothes off because she was too hot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Samuel L. Jackson screamed damn really hard and then started poking the abs. It was great. After this, every member of the SWAT team, they go home. They they all say a one-liner for the road <laughs> and then they all go home, which leaves Michelle Rodriguez and Colin Farrell. They go on a little mini date. Yeah. I thought that this was a little forward of Michelle Rodriguez showing Colin Farrell her kids, her grandma, her dogs, her cousins, all, every single Christmas card that she's received in the past 20 years. Yeah, they're in this bar and lo and behold, but who should they see? Is Gamble going to be in the bar? Jeremy Renner. Yeah, Gamble's in the bar. He's shooting pool. Oh, I don't know why he's there. Why is There's he... no point in Jeremy why... Renner being in this movie. Why is he in any of these scenes? He doesn't say anything. He just acts, he acts like a hotshot dickhead. Yeah, he goes up to Michelle Rodriguez and he laughs in her face. He's like, you're the new member of SWAT? Oh, I didn't know they made Kevlar vests for women. Well, she has a great one-liner. What they need to do is make a bulletproof condom and put it over your big head. What does that mean? I, I At first I thought it insinuated that his penis was going to get shot. Yeah, are you or that people his, getting shot in the penis these days? Or, or that his penis, when it ejaculated, was so powerful that it would kill someone. That's a possibility. Like, like a bullet? Yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah, but the then, hurt locker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, but then he's putting it over his head? You know, they do make Kevlar-coated helmets. Her line reading in this was the worst. Yeah. The worst. In a movie filled with clunky one one-liners. I would say this is the worst one-liner. LL Cool J gets the second worst one later at the end. I'm going to say LL Cool J's one-liner is the, the worst one-liner in this whole movie. Okay, all right. We'll agree to disagree. On all this right. one thing, we'll agree to disagree. All right. Okay, so they find out that, that the French guy is an international super criminal. Interpol. Yeah, Interpol has five million warrants for his arrest. Yeah, and Interpol played a, a song for him in his honor. <laughs> yeah. Rosemary, <laughs> heaven destroys you in life. Golden with me. Yeah, that Interpol concert. It's <laughs> yeah. great. Yeah, anyway, so they, we have this whole crap where he gets out of, pr- he, he tries to escape from prison, he gets caught again. It's all pointless. Who cares? What does happen is at the one hour mark of this two hour long movie, the actual plot of the movie finally kicks in. This French guy is going to jail and the news media is there and he goes up to them and he goes, I will give $100 million to whoever can get me out of jail. Oh, 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 wee, wee, wee. <laughs> oh is that is, is that what happened? The end part, especially? <laughs> yes, exactly. That's how I remember it. All right. Well, the funniest part of this 
scene is they do a, I guess, kind of like a little f- mini montage where they show every <laughs> television in the Los Angeles area going one hundred million dollars, one hundred million dollars. Free me for one hundred million dollars. And every criminal, every criminal life is like, is like huh, I need one hundred million dollars. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So, you know, on paper, this is a great idea. I like this idea a lot. This concept that this mob boss is in trouble and he says, whoever can get me out of jail, I will give you $100 million. This would have been a great opportunity to have all these crazy characters come out of the woodwork and fight each other to get this guy out of jail so they can collect the bounty. Like, that should be the plot. Who cares about this stupid SWAT team? Who cares? Like, you have these crazy criminals come out and try to rescue him. That's your movie. That'd be really exciting and fun. Kind of like smoking aces or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's just so stupid. Like, th- this SWAT team, like, who cares about them? They're, they're pointless. They're stupid. A bunch of one-liners. For what it's worth, this sounds like it could be entertaining if they do it right. But I don't think that's happening. From what I've seen already in the movie, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. I'm going to say this. What we've seen thus far is the best this movie has to offer. Like the training montages right, and stuff. Right, right, right. That's the best part of the movie. Well, Joel, you're in for a treat because all the gangs in LA are going to work together on this one mission and they've been supplied with paramilitary training. Intercontinental and missiles and... Yeah, I, they, have, I, they, they have ICBMs. Yeah, Scud missiles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who they're going to attack with an ICBM, but they have one. Uh, no, they, they, they have rocket-propelled grenades. They have all this training. And of course, your favorite scene, a homeless man scuttling his way across the street, <laughs> but he's not really a homeless man. No, he's got weapons. He's just got like weapons. The clown and Spawn. Oh, man. That was a direct inspiration for this movie, right? Yeah, didn't they do that in, in, in The Dark Knight? <laughs> You're right. The Dark Knight is just a ripoff of Spawn when you get down to it. Right, right. Well, they're transporting the French guy. He's They're going to try and free him. Wee, wee, wee. Yeah, wee, wee, wee. <laughs> 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 At the same time, a very wealthy family, their plane is getting hijacked. So I'm thinking, wow, this is a pivotal plot point in the movie. <laughs> They're, they have this really like complicated plan to rescue this guy and it's all going to come together and I'm going to get to see them do this piece by piece and get this guy out. It's going to be cool. Do you remember around this part of the movie, Samuel L. Jackson says something that's so stupid. It knocked my socks off. They just flew off across the room when he said this. 10 minutes or so after the French guy goes, I'm going to give you $100 million, wee, 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 ho, ho, ho. And everybody starts <laughs> chasing after them. All this trouble is brewing. Samuel L. Jackson is is hanging out with a bunch of SWAT guys and he says this out loud. He actually says, I can't believe how much grief this frog's $100 million offer is giving us. He actually says that as if the audience is so stupid, we forgot what is happening in the movie 10 minutes after it happened. I can't believe how much grief this French guy's giving us. Ho, 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 wee, wee, wee. What do you think of this? This reminds me of that scene in Armageddon when they're running around in the space station like we gotta get these pipes to supply the gas like we get it we're not idiots we know what's happening what do you think of that that kind of clunky dialogue I mean that's typical one liners but but that's that's typical of these kind of movies though that's not the first time that's happened they are like oh no what if the audience forgets (laughs) better tell them because this movie's so complicated (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, just in case we all forgot that Michelle Rodriguez has kids and LL Cool J's character has kids, even though they showed us that they had kids for like 20 minutes straight. They're, they're constantly like, looking at pictures of their kids and, and talking to their kids. kids. It's like, I get it. I understand. They have a lot more to lose than just their lives. Hey, Colin Farrell, guess what? I have kids. Like, really? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, wow. You're SWAT officer. You could die at any second and your kids would lose their parents. Yeah, Martin. Well, you're either SWAT or you're not. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. So the French guy's in the backseat of the SWAT mobile and he's taunting the SWAT guy. He's calling them losers, saying they suck. You suck, bro. And the French are awesome. French and, people rule. Yeah, you guys blow, bro. <laughs> and he tells the cops, he's like, listen, get me out of here and I'll give you the $100 million. $100 million. $100 million. Wee, wee, And you think that these SWAT guys are untouchable, impeccable, impenetrable, and I dare say impregnable. Are you saying that they cannot be swayed by these offers of money? Not ever. Of monetary gain? No. That's what I would believe. As far as I'm concerned, there's never been a history of corruption in the LAPD. Ever. Never. That's what I'm aware of. Which is why what happens next really shocked me, stunned me to my core. We went toe-to-toe with one of Yes That Bad's favorite cliches. Believe it or not, we're going to get a double cross from the SWAT itself? Unbelievable. I can't believe it. Sean Bean-esque double cross. Oh, man. So you're going to tell me that the guy that they fired from SWAT is going to come back and try to stop SWAT <gasps> from doing SWAT in the movie SWAT? Yeah, apparently Jeremy Renner is a bad guy now. The first scene of this movie establishes that this man will shoot innocent people for no yeah, reason. Yeah, he'll shoot to kill. Yeah, he's just, he'll shoot whoever to kill. He'll shoot through other people. This guy's just a bad person. He has no morals. Sometimes doing the right thing is not the right thing. That's true. That's a lesson I had to learn the hard way. Okay, so SWAT betrayal. I didn't know how the rest of SWAT was going to handle this. Well, it turns out that they got to chase their ex-SWAT brethren into the subway with Frenchie. Well, they chase French guy into the subway and they end up in one of Yes That Bad's favorite film locations. In the sewer. In the stinky, smelly poo-poo sewers. Very near and dear to our hearts. Oh, Doom. Remember in Doom when they were swimming around in poo and fighting monsters? This is like the same thing, right? They're running around from room to room. Where are you? What's going on? Who's firing their gun? What's going on over here? Well, while they're running around the sewers, we get a scene of this hijacked airplane landing on a bridge. Apparently, they have this all planned out where they're going to get this guy through the sewers to the 6th Street Bridge and get him out of there. Get him to uh, escape. Escape from LA, if you will. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Ladies Love Cool J and uh, Colin Farrell, and they're all hot on the trail. Samuel Jackson's there. Yeah, then Colin Farrell has to surf down Sepulveda Boulevard or the hell. Yeah, yeah, Jumps in the back of Stevie Semi's car, and that takes him to the crime scene. Well, they get stuck because there is the largest padlock I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah. This thing was cartoonish. It belonged in Looney Tunes. It was a two million pound, (laughs) 40 foot tall padlock. It's all right, though. Colin Farrell is a demolitions expert. Yeah, demolition, man. And let me ask you a question. At this point in the movie, what were your interest levels at? Uh, Hovering between zero and one (laughs) percent. I just, I just don't care anymore. I don't care. <laughs> what happened? Why did this movie lose you? Or did it ever have you to begin with? I didn't have me during the montages. So if they just kept going with the montages? Yeah, they should have just kept... They, they should have had them train forever until they were the best SWAT. <laughs> that, yeah, I, I want to see them power up eventually. Just <laughs> start shooting targets. Okay, so they get through this giant padlock. Yeah, they're using Claymore mines. Like they're it's Metal confis- Gear Solid. Like, this is ridiculous. They're confiscating limos. To, to, to make a long story short, they make it to the bridge. 
Revenge. They have a firefight with with Gamble and his crew. This is interesting stuff, right? The they have this private jet on a bridge, and they're going to take off, and they're they're doing it. They're taking off, but Samuel L. Jackson and the boys show up in their car, just a regular car, and they do a pit maneuver on a jet plane. He drives his car into the wheels of the jet, yet nothing happens to their car. What is this? I I feel like a plane is heavier than a car. Do you think so? Are you sure? I'm not positive. I feel like a jet engine's probably heavy. And a car is like a tin can compared to a jet plane that's moving? Yeah, probably. Probably. Well, I don't know how they did it, but they knocked the wheel out. The plane doesn't land on the car, even though it should have. Yeah, even though they drive it directly underneath it. (laughs) I don't get it. I don't get it. A pit maneuver to a jet plane. I don't understand what is going on here. Well, they stopped the plane. Samuel Jackson, Hello, Cool J. They're chasing down the perps. Hello, Cool J. He catches the French guy, catches Frenchie. He mounts him. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> he like does. A stallion. He, yeah, like a stallion. He just mounts him. And he utters what I believe is the worst one-liner in this movie. Joel. Tell daddy how you want it. What does that mean? All right. Well, he's going to rape him. The other SWAT member is going to commit suicide. Yeah, that loser kills himself. And then Colin Farrell's going toe-to-toe with Jeremy Renner down by the train yard. It is so dark. The I have way no this idea what's going on. I can't follow anything. I think Colin Farrell's hand got stabbed to a piece of wood on the train, but I don't know. I swear to God, I had to rewind that because I didn't know what happened. I didn't get it either. I thought he was just like, oh, his arm on top of the, I'm like, why isn't he moving? <laughs> no, it turned out that his hand was stabbed through to the wood. I, it took me a few times to figure that out. Yeah, and, and they had this brawl on the train tracks and Colin Farrell kills Jeremy Renner in the most anticlimactic way I've ever seen. Like, he he sweeps, kicks his leg like the Karate Kid, and Jeremy Renner just falls over. He falls over and lands underneath train wheels, and it kills him in the span of three nanoseconds. What happened? I actually rewound it to see, like, wait a minute, what happened here? I... I didn't get that scene. Well, the movie's almost over, so they're gonna, they better shoot the one-liners off at a speed that I thought was impossible. Yeah, 10 trillion one-liners per second. I have, remind me to buy some shares in Kevlar. Looks like you need a band-aid. Someone downstairs needs a body Body bag. bag. They drove this prisoner and and dropped him off in, looks like, the middle of Mexico. Yep. It looks like it probably took them 48 hours to get down there or more. And when they're driving back, they keep hearing over the SWAT radio. We have a 10-14 in progress. Armed. Armed robbery. Armed robbery taking place on a mini mart. Lock him and load him, boys. Yeah, so Samuel Jackson is like, yeah, you know, we're our shift's been over for 12 hours. Let's go home. But Colin Farrell's like, yeah, so what? Let's go. Let's do it. One more caper for the road. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's carry it. Let's go. Come on. Come on. Come on. Chug, 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 chug. So he peer pressures everybody to risk their lives, even though they spent the last hour complaining about how they have kids and they don't want to take unnecessary risks. And Not only risk their lives, Lives, risk the people in the mini marts lives. Yeah, they've been away for 48 hours. Yeah, I'm sure they're at their peak physical condition. So that's it. That's SWAT 2003. The end. Oh, what a miracle. Miracle of a movie. <laughs> it's a Christmas miracle. Okay, let's find out what the real critics have to say about SWAT. 
Is there an actual character in SWAT? A plot? A single intelligent or exciting sequence? Nick Shager, Lessons of Darkness. You can't get mad at it except for the two hours of your life it steals from you. Charles Taylor, Salon.com. And finally, a rigmarole of standard cliches and thrill-free action movie ledger domain. Michael Atkinson, Village Voice. Okay, Mara, this movie currently holds a 48% around Tomatoes, but is it really that bad? This movie is horrendous. I don't understand how it's 48% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's a little generous. Super generous, in my opinion. This movie's acting is terrible. The plot is non-existent. It looks ridiculous. There is nothing redeemable about this movie except the people that are in it. I, I do like the people that are in it. They, they don't act, though. They, there's no room for them to act. It's, oh man, is it unfortunate. Generic, early 1990s, late 80s action movie fluff, but there's less of a plot even than that. It's unfortunate. I'm going to give this movie a one out of five. The last half of this movie was difficult to sit through and finish. Yeah, this movie's not good. Ah, uh, but is it a one out of five? Hmm, I don't know. I'm going to give it a two out of five because it's bad, but it's not so bad it made me angry. And Samuel Jackson's pretty good, right? Always. There's that. But yeah, this movie is a chore. It was a miserable chore to sit through. I knew within the first five minutes that I didn't like this movie because everything that they were saying was a one-liner. Within the first five minutes, I knew. I was like, man, this movie is not going to be good. So yeah, this movie is bad. I did not enjoy my time with SWAT. Although, SWAT Firefight features one of my favorite actresses, Carly Pope from Popular. Maybe someday I'll... Watch that. Well, Though I doubt it. You you might not enjoy your time with SWAT, but do you enjoy your time with SWAT cats? Oh, can't get enough. There you go. I'd rather be in a junkyard hanging out with those things than being watching this movie. You know, those giant anthropomorphic, anthropomorphic cats. cats. Yeah. Okay, let's read some listener mail. Hey, Joel, Martin, and Kevin. I heard that there is a bit of wind and rain around the tri-state area, New Jersey in particular. Could you review your experience of Hurricane Sandy? Does the air pressure deserve to be that low? And is the weather really that bad? Seriously. Stay safe, Dave. Yeah, I think it got down to 940 millibars. It's pretty low. <laughs> it's real low pressure. <laughs> Was the rain that bad? The rain wasn't too bad. The wind was terrible. The storm surge. <sighs> that was bad. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into this in an After Dark episode at some point. Hopefully we'll do that. Uh, we got a lot of emails about the WWF Attitude Era. A lot of people seem to enjoy that that segment there. Understandably, I mean, I think about the Attitude Era Constantly. Most, most of my day. Yeah. Most of my thoughts involve DX chopping people. Okay. Steve from Scotland writes in and says, Hey, amigo, after hearing the email from the guy who mentioned your accents, I had to respond to accents in movies. I'm from Glasgow, Scotland. What really gets on my nipple end is non-Scots attempting a groundskeeper Willie-esque Scottish accent. More palatable to American ear, perhaps? From Gibson's Braveheart to Chris Eccleston's weak, weak take in G.I. Joe, no one does it well. Here's a suggestion of Hollywood. Just hire a Scottish actor. In fact, I got so pissed off at that Englishman's attempt that I turned it off. Can you name a movie that an actor's ropey accent has been jarring that it's taken you out of the film? Yeah, last night in Cloud Atlas, Tom Hanks' attempt at a Irish accent drove me crazy. It was terrible. I thought it was like a Cockney gangster. No, nah, it was Irish. <laughs> that was Irish. Well, there you go. There you go. There's a problem. <laughs> there you go, right? There's a big problem, right? <laughs> 
Yeah, what about Kate Blanchett in Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? Yeah, that was not okay. That was not a good time. No. Colin Farrell trying to imitate an American accent. Just speak how you speak. Mike writes in and says, Hey guys, just finished listening to the Human Centipede episode and was listening to the Roger Ebert discussion. There are two main reasons people love to hate him. The first being is that he is a very difficult man to please when it comes to movies. And a lot of people will see a movie that is their favorite. He will give it a low star rating. What they don't realize is that while he may not like it, he will see what a director is trying to do and praise the effect that was gone for. The other reason is that he doesn't mince words. If he doesn't like it, he doesn't like it. And he will definitely tell you. Two things that I can recommend for reading by him is Your Movie Sucks, which is a book pulled together of all his one-star reviews. The other is his response to Rob Schneider about the poor review of European Gigolo. <laughs> Joel, is that your favorite movie? My favorite movie. It's in the book, but it's a classic on its own. A lot of people also brought up the fact that Ebert bashed video games and said that they're not art. And that's why people don't like them. That's his opinion. He's a, like, when, when it comes to somebody being a critic, that is their personal opinion. I don't care how they got to it because it's always going to be a subjective thing. Whether or not they used objective points in it is irrelevant. It's always going to be tainted by their opinion. So as long as you take it at that level, it's okay. Well, Ted writes in and he's complaining that during the Urban Legends episode, Loretta Devine is in there and we mentioned that she was in the PJs, but we didn't bring up Boston Public. And how dare we not bring up Boston Public? I'm surprised you didn't bring up Boston Public. Quite frankly, I forgot she was in it. That's embarrassing. I feel as if we have our bases covered with Boston Public. I think we've brought it up enough. Is that possible? Can you bring up Boston Public enough? You're right. You're right. It's impossible. We have to keep bringing it up no matter what. He also says that uh, he pictures us sounding like, he thinks I sound like Joel Madden, you sound like Martin Starr, and Kevin sounds like Kevin Jonas. Wow, Kevin is Kevin Jonas? There you go. I wish he was here for that, now that he's one of the brothers. And finally, Jay writes in and says, who are you guys? That's a great question. Just discovered your podcast, love it, have been listening all morning, thought I recognized the voice from another podcast, and so went to your website to see who's in the podcast, couldn't find your names anywhere. Am I just missing it? Martin, how do you explain this? What's the answer to that? When we first started this podcast, we were all working jobs that we weren't quite sure this working would... Working nine to five. five. That really was no way to make a living. Right. That, that is no way to make a living. Yeah, so we're all working jobs and we weren't sure how this podcast would go over. So we didn't really want anybody to know who we were so we wouldn't be inhibited by what we wanted to say. And at this point, that's not the case. We just don't. Yeah, just keep like, it going. yeah, like keep the dream alive, you know? <laughs> <laughs> the dream of never letting you know who we who are. Who we are, yeah. If you listen to enough episodes, you will get a fleshed out understanding of who we are. I mean, there's enough tidbits we drop about who we are, what we've done, and what we've seen. Where we live. And what we wish we hadn't seen. (laughs) Our dashed ambitions. Our hurt pride. Yeah. Our jealousy. Exactly. Okay, thanks for the emails, guys. If you want to contact us, you can reach us at yeahitsthatbad at gmail.com. Now it's time for the question of the week. What is your favorite movie that revolves around the police of any shape or form? I don't care. Also, Sting's Police, the band. Yeah, what's your favorite police song? (laughs) (laughs) Roxanne, I guess. 
<laughs> there you go. Okay. Head on over to askthatbad.com. Leave a comment on this episode's page with your answer. What's your favorite cop movie? Okay, now it's time to announce next week's movie. It's a bit of a doozy. We're dipping back to our dark, checkered childhoods with a little movie I like to call The Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. The movie. Have you ever seen this? I haven't. I haven't seen this either, which is shocking. Is it? Because, like, we really weren't. Yeah, maybe I was too right. old yeah, by we the were, time this came we, out. We, we were too old for this when it came out, I think. We were, we were probably teenagers when this came out. Hmm. Like, we were 14 or 15 when this came out. Yeah, okay. We were a little too old for that. Alright, alright, alright. So, tune in next week when we'll be hanging out with Zed and Alpha and Tommy and Jason and all those other idiots. What about the putties? Are you going to any putties? Oh, man, I can't wait. I can't wait. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Will the movie. Will Zordon be there? I can only hope. He's stuck between two dimensions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little Rita Repulsa action, perhaps? I hope so. I hope her and Zed team up. And get married. Yeah, get married and they show a really intense makeout scene. Okay, great. Okay, thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you've heard, please consider subscribing. We have a new episode every Tuesday. Please help spread the word of the show to all your friends by liking us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash bad. You can follow the show on Twitter at yeah, it's bad. You can follow Martin at yeah, it's Martin. You can follow Kevin at yeah, it's Kevin. And you can listen to the show and all your mobile devices via Stitcher. You can get that at Stitcher.com. Please leave us a positive review on iTunes. Those five-star reviews really do help out the show. And you can get our latest premium podcast, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, over at yaisthatbad.bandcamp.com. Once again, thanks for listening to the show. See you next time. do this piece by piece and get this guy out. It's going to be cool. A pivotal plot point piece by piece plan performed piss poorly. (laughs) 